Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at two different scriptures here in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6. We're also a little bit going to be flipping over our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to be wrapping up the month of January, I preached a sermon series called Rebuild, and that was all different areas. That's rebuild our church, rebuild our life, rebuild your family, rebuild our nation around the new president. So we were in a rebuild theme. The month of February has been a sermon series because our theme for this year is rebuild. It's the most unique, unique season. We, we, we don't have to replay it over and over again, but the past year has been very unusual. So we're rebuilding so many different areas of our, of our lives. But one of those, what we have been looking at the month of February is relationships. Relationships that involves family, that involves our friends, those involve your church friends. And that, that is very critical and very important. And when you don't get to see folks and talk to folks, maybe like you used to, there's, um, there's a strain on those relationships. So um, we've been talking about how to rebuild your marriages, your family. But today we're going to come, we're going to conclude um, our, um, our message here on rebuild. And what we're going to be looking at today is our struggle is not against one another. And what I'm going where with this is there is spiritual warfare involved in many times our relationships. I, uh, we had a, a Raphael Jubin led a prayer meeting uh, last, yesterday afternoon here at church. And it's on Facebook Live. We're so, so blessed that he stepped up and had a, a good turnout and a lot of folks came and participated and we prayed for all sorts of different areas. And I came and Raphael was passing out little uh, things, little pieces of paper that if you received it, you had to go up front and pray over that different topic. And it wasn't rigged or anything. He just, you, you, you had a bucket and you picked one out and that was what you got. And I picked mine up yesterday and mine said, pray that God should deliver our church. From every demonic manipulation. I looked at that and go, well, that's what I'm preaching on tomorrow. Now, I don't really believe in coincidences. Um, and it wasn't a coincidence. We need to pray in the area for churches, in your family, and in your friendships, in your marriages, that there is a deliverance of the demonic. You know, even what we just prayed for Ed right here, you know, Ed came to work Wednesday, everything was fine. And he was talking to Zach, and just Zach thought, something's not right. Ed, you need to go to the hospital. Like, this isn't, you can't, he couldn't use his hands. I mean, just something was right. And then he drives himself to Baptist Health when he can't use his hands. But anyway, that's, that's how men are. And um, I got a little laugh on that. The women laugh for that. It's true. But... Um, he went there and realized he had a stroke and he has serious heart problems on the verge of having a serious heart attack. And God can use and will use and does use something that we see as a setback, as an opportunity to bring people to the cross. 
and speak to them. Now, God can use illness such as what Ed's battling. But many times, you could be experiencing something where all of a sudden you feel this is deeper than just a setback or a disease. There's a demonic, evil influence that is trying to destroy my family, destroy your children or your grandchildren, or break up your marriage. And that's when we need the supernatural power of God to put a hedge of protection around our lives, around your relationships, and say, God, I need you to protect these people. Because there's a battle being waged for their soul. Remember what John chapter 10, verse 10 says. The devil's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal and rob from you. Rob your joy. He wants to kill you, literally. And knowing that, he wants from that, he wants to destroy all the people around you. Destroy families, destroy church families, destroy, make folks uh, not feel comfortable being around others. Any excuse they can come up with. And you know, for those, uh, David welcomed our online crowd. And you know, if you're at home because of health reasons, amen, we want you to stay home and stay healthy. Get the vaccine. But if you're at home because of a bad habit you've gotten in, I want to invite you to Broadway. I want to invite you to come back here. You know, we live or die by our habits we create. And it's easy to get out of the habit of going to church. And definitely this past year could easily create that when you haven't been in church for a while. But we're about to see here in in your Bibles about this struggle the, the scriptures talk about. And when we use that word struggle, that is absolute a reality for spiritual warfare. Do you know this afternoon at 1.05 p.m. something happens? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Spring training begins for Major League Baseball in Arizona. And the for first, first games of spring training... And I was reading about it. Season doesn't start until April 1st, but the month of March is spring training. The players are getting ready for their baseball season. And I was reading about it, and the owners and those that are in charge of baseball, they're worried. They're worried because last year they didn't have any fans at the games. They had a 60-game season with no fans in the stands. And you're playing in front of piped-in crowd noise and TV cameras and empty seats. And it was weird. And maybe some little cutouts there around the parks. And Major League Baseball, their greatest struggle isn't getting the players to show up at the field. It's not the game. Their greatest struggle, they say, is actually getting people to come back to the ballpark and come have a hot dog and watch a great game of baseball. That's their struggle they're battling. This morning, y'all know I'm the youngest guy in the city, reads, still reads the newspaper and subscribes. No laughs at that. I mean, joke. Share is. <clears throat> I read this morning's newspaper, Lexington Arts struggle to reach post-pandemic future. They're talking about the children's theater. 
the Lexington arts, the different theaters and opera houses going on here in the city, they're realizing, they're trying to, they're wanting to reopen, but they've got to get folks to come back to watch a show, to watch a play, to come see a concert, to come to an art gallery. And they're realizing it's hard when folks haven't been doing that for a year. It's hard to get folks to get back, come come see our art show and come to our 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 music hall and, and watch our show we're going to provide. And they use that word, a struggle. Well, the Bible tells us that we also struggle. But our struggle is not about baseball struggle or about an art show struggle. Our struggle you and I battle with is with demonic forces. If you are saved, if you are a born-again believer... There is nothing more that the devil wants to do than to knock you down. And the, where the, when we start looking at the armor of God, the word stand keeps being used. And the reason why the word stand is being used, because if you don't have your armor up, if you aren't careful, all it takes, I'll give you an example. This is all it takes to have a bad day. I usually stand at that door right there. Let's just say, for example, I'm standing there when church is over. Well, I'm not, I used to shake people's hand, waving at people as they walk by, patting them on the shoulder. And say, uh, Miss Ira here, 92 years old. She's heading out, pick on her since it's her birthday. She said, Pastor, I'm disappointed in you. You told everybody I was 92. And you insulted me. I'm only 91. I am so disappointed. I'm going to talk to the chairman of deacons this week and call him. Talk to David Humlong and, and complain about you. I'm very unhappy. And then she went on out the door. Now I get in the car this afternoon and go home. What will I be thinking of? Ten people could have got saved this morning. But Miss Ira complained to me. She hurt my feelings. I will go home and think about that one comment all afternoon. You would too. You think about it all week. The one negative comment. And I'm then waiting for a phone call from the deacon chairman because I missed, messed up her birthday. That is what happens when we're, if we aren't careful, when we say a hurtful word, or we hear some, maybe gossip, or someone says something that's critical to us, we take that one morsel of pain and hurt, and we carry it with us. But you could come up to me and say, Pastor, I know you're an Alabama fan, and your basketball team in the SEC clinched the SEC yesterday in, in college basketball. And by the way, uh, Pastor, I want you to know I hate Alabama. I hope they lose the first game in, this, in the, uh, in the um, in SEC tournament. Have a good day, and i got an amen for that. You know, you could tell me that, and honestly, that would blow right up. i say, whatever, <laughs> we'll see. That stuff, you know, that's basketball. I don't, that, that's not involving people relationships. Yeah, I like Alabama, but I'm not going to lose sleep over that. That's not going to bother me throughout the week. I'm not sitting here worrying about that. 
But when someone says something hurtful to you, you take that pain, that gossip, that slander, that hateful speech, that word and anger that you made, and it seeps down and you carry it with you. And if you, we aren't careful, the devil will use those hurtful words to destroy your relationships with others. Because listen, next time I see Miss Ira, she hurts my feelings, I will know I'm on guard. You will, and you'll be on guard too, because you were hurt. You'll be more careful. Next year, this time, I'll make sure I have that birthday right. David, we'll make sure we are right when we sing happy birthday to her. Because I'm, I have been hurt. And I share all this because the Bible's going to tell us that we are going to have a struggle. And our struggle is not a sports struggle. Our struggle isn't just about finances. And it isn't a coronavirus struggle. Our struggle, we bow. What, what hurts us the most is our, our friendships, our marriages, our brothers and sisters at church, those we work with, boyfriend and girlfriend, when we've been hurt. Someone has done or said or disappointed you, and you can't let go. And that unforgiveness has now become bitterness. And you have become a bitter person towards that, that person who has hurt you. So look in your Bibles here. Ephesians Chapter 6. Let's see what God's Word says for us this morning. God has a message for you about this. Our relationship struggles are rooted in spiritual warfare. That's what our message is. Our opponents aren't human uh, opponents. Our my main enemy isn't you. Your main enemy isn't each other. It's not me. Your enemy is the devil. He's the one that wants to destroy you. And he will use any possible way to accomplish that. Look here at verse, verse 10. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and His vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. Look at that word stand. You can stand against the schemes of the devil. And that's what they are. Schemes means he, he's crafty. It's not open. He's going to attack you. He's going to attack me. He's going to attack Broadway Baptist. But it's going to be a scheme. It's going to be behind the scenes. It's going to be a backdoor attack. You're not going to be ready for it. It's going to be an unlikely person. So you can stand against the schemes of the devil for our struggle. This is that word struggle being used. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up, look at this, the full armor of God. The full armor. So you may be able to resist in the evil day, and that's the day we live in, and having prepared everything to take your stand. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you aren't prepared to stake your stand, you will be knocked down. When I say knocked down, it is so easy to fall out of church. It is so easy to get out of the habit of spiritual disciplines of spending time with God. Maybe some of our own line folks have been knocked down. You're just, you're just out of the habit. You're no longer standing for the Lord. You used to have a bold witness, but now you've backed off. 
You look at your spiritual life and go, I'm, I'm not the person I used to be. Verse 14, therefore, stand with truth. And, and Paul's writing this. He names six items, and he's describing. Now, obviously, if you join the military, they would not give you a metal tin suit of armor to go fight in warfare. But back in Bible times, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have the armor and the weaponry we have, obviously, today. So this is what you would wear if you were a Roman soldier. Stand with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. That means they're shot at you and I. The devil doesn't attack things. He attacks people. He attacks families. He attacks you and I. That's who he's shooting at. He's not just shooting. A, when, we, when we say we need, to, we need to save Lexington, we need to save America, he's not just shooting America. He's shooting at people in America. He thought, I want to weaken churches. I want to, I want to get, get kids addicted on drugs. I want to get families to have alcohol problems. I want, I'm here to still kill and destroy. And he will do that, but with people. In your marriage, in your family, you need to be aware of this. Every day, if you do not have the full armor of God on, you're going to get knocked down. It's coming. In many ways, last year, churches got knocked down. We had no clue. All of a sudden, churches got hit, and they're shut down just like that. They weren't prepared. I don't know how we could have been prepared. We never in our life experienced anything like this. But just it happened quickly. Suddenly, you know, that's what the Bible says, the day of the Lord will be like that. Suddenly, Jesus comes back. It was amazing how fast churches shut down last year. Everything shut down. Look here in verse 16. In every situation, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. That's our prayer life. Pray also for me, Paul's asking for prayers, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Paul's saying, every time I open my mouth, I want to be pointing people to Jesus. I don't want to waste my words on fruitless, pointless conversations. I want my words to mean something. Talking about the Lord and how good He is. For I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. You know, I have a picture here of the armor of God. I put it up here on the screen. This is what the armor of God, I found this one. This is actually what He's talking about here. He's talking about a belt, a breastplate, shoes, a shield, a helmet, a sword. He's saying the Christian should view themselves on a daily basis as like a, a warrior going out to battle. But this, what's so important about this is when we go back to verse 12, for our struggle, 
is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle, our battle, it's not against one another. Our enemy is not our fellow brother or sister in Christ. Our enemy is an unseen demonic influence that's working all around our city and community. And our prayer, our mission should be, I am going against daily the forces of darkness. I pray God for spiritual victory in my conversations. Spiritual victory in what I look at on the internet. Deliverance from certain sins that have had strongholds on your life. The Bible tells us our prayers go unanswered when there's a stronghold of sin in our life. And we need to remember, in the context of relationships, that Satan wants to destroy your relationships. That includes the person you're dating, your marriage, your relationship and friendships with your children, your grandparents... He wants to destroy those. Think about how many people in your family that you really just don't talk to. Because something has happened in the past. And that friendship has been cut off. So when holidays and when family get-togethers come along, you maybe reluctantly go, but there's certain people you don't talk to as much. That's because the devil has attacked and has hit and has knocked you down in those areas. Do you know, I want you to keep your finger here in Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to flip over to Hebrews chapter 3. Because God's word has the solution for us for how do we deal on a practical basis. When you think about it, you know, when you are dating someone and you're talking to them a lot, hopefully you're talking to them a lot, you're watching what we would call pursuing them. Meaning, as you go throughout your day, you might send them a text, you might call them each night. There's a regular conversation that's going on. There's a pursuing that's happening. And for those that are married, or maybe you've been married, your first year, maybe hopefully lasts longer than one year, your first year of your marriage, you are very attentive to your spouse's needs. You're getting to know them. You're in your honeymoon phase. You're learning what the other person is like. You're pursuing them. You don't come home from work and just sit there and watch TV, you maybe sit on the couch and talk to them. You talk to them instead of playing on the phone with them at the dinner table. And what's happening is when folks are dating each other and maybe newlyweds are in their first year or so of marriage, they're constantly pursuing each other. And here's what happens. As we age and as we just get busy... All of a sudden, that time that you used to spend towards those relationships, towards that 
uh, dating that person, towards that marriage, all of a sudden, week after week, and it happens very subtly, it becomes less and less. It's not one day all of a sudden you were spending three hours with your wife, and next thing you're spending three minutes. No, it goes from three hours to two hours to one hour, and you're just busy doing things, your hobbies. And next thing you know, you find yourself, after several years, in statements such as, oh, well, we just drifted apart. We're no longer close. We don't have anything in common. None of our interests are the same. And at that point, when you're no longer pursuing your spouse, they call this in dating, ghosting the person. Have you ever heard that? You're dating someone. Ghosting is all of a sudden, say you're dating somebody, and then you send them a text and they didn't answer. Next day you call them and they don't answer. It's like, okay, well, what do they pass away? Do have, have, where do they go? Do they vanish? And after five days, you're like, well, I'm going by their house. They just are ignoring me. You're calling them every 15 minutes. Then they blocked your number. They've ghosted you. That's a kind way of breaking up with someone. It's true. I know. They just, it's just like they just floated off. There goes Casper the ghost. I don't know what happened to them, but they just, there they go. And that is when they have no interest in pursuing you anymore. And I share this because when you're in that state of a relationship where you're no longer pursuing your wife or your spouse, your husband, at that moment is a dangerous moment. Because you're not pursuing your spouse, but the devil's going to come along and he's going to start pursuing you. And that's when he attacks. That's when the struggle, as the Bible says, becomes real. And if you are not investing in your marriage, in your family, if you aren't pursuing the relationships and the friendships that are the most important ones in your life, including the Lord, the devil will come in and pursue you to destroy those. And that's what the book of Hebrews tells us. Look what, here, look here, read the scripture. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. God's Word says, watch out. Anytime the Bible starts out saying, watch out, that's a warning, meaning you need to watch out because it's coming for you. The devil, this verse is about you. It's not for other people. It's easy for us to read Bible verses think, oh, I know who this applies to. This applies to my brother-in-law. This applies to my sister. This applies to those other people. But no, this is for me. This is for you. Watch out, brothers and sisters so that there won't be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Do you know, if we're not careful, now remember, he says, brothers and sisters, so he's writing to Christians, it is possible for you and I to turn our hearts away from the Lord, just like it's possible for you to turn your hearts away from your children. Or from your spouse. You can literally just, you just quit pursuing them and start pursuing someone or something else. You've drifted away from them. Your, your passion and your desires are for something or someone else. 
This is the danger of pornography. This is the danger of having close friendships with a person of the opposite sex. Because the devil will take those close friendships and the conversation will change and it will become an immoral relationship if you're not careful. That's why he's, God's Word telling us to watch out. You're always on your guard. Verse 14, or verse 13, it says, here's the, here's the solution for us. This is what we are, we are to do. But encourage each other daily. You should have a ministry of encouragement. Listen, church member, do you encourage your spouse? Do you, women, do you encourage your husband, your boyfriend? Some of you say, you know, there's not a lot of encouragement that they do. Even if they get in the car and say, hey, it's time to go to church, you should commend them for that. That's spiritual. Going to church is spiritual leadership. Just getting in the car, say, let's drive to church this morning. You should say, thank you for driving me to church. Thank you for making this part of my Sunday. We should be looking for opportunities to constantly, go back to that Bible verse up on the screen, not once a week or on birthdays only, to encourage one another daily. Listen, if folks aren't finding their encouragement from you, they will go to someone else to find that encouragement. And the devil will even give fake, remember the devil is the father of lies. So he can give some false encouragement. Encourage one another daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. When folks don't get encouraged, they develop a hardened heart. They do. The devil wants to harden your heart. Harden your heart towards your wife, your husband. And you become a naggard. And you're blaming them for everything. And God's Word saying, don't do it. It will ruin your marriage. It will ruin your family. We, the Bible tells us with our children, do not exasperate your children. Meaning, don't just wear them out. Don't stay on them. Children, parents, grandparents, pastors, wives, husbands, co-workers... Friends, what do they need? They need encouragement. God has given you and I words to encourage and build up others. And let me tell you, if you're not doing that, your, your relationships are suffering. Your home is suffering. If your wife cooks you dinner, you should thank her for it. If he cuts the grass, probably in a few weeks, it'll be time to start cutting the grass again. You should thank them for it. Because if you aren't going to thank them for it, they will be tempted to go find someone else who will thank them for it. And that's how the devil destroys marriages. We pursue her. We pursue our wife. We pursue our girlfriends with words of affection. I have this up on the screen. And we pursue Him, meaning our husbands, our boyfriends, 
with words of affirmation. Don't miss this. If you want to encourage your wife, you give her words of affection. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was special. You look nice today. I, I appreciate the time you put into this. Constantly giving positive words. Listen, if you have a positive thought, if God is giving you something positive and you don't say it to that person, you have robbed that person of a blessing. If Vivian Bowman stood here and asked for prayers for her younger brother, and you were thinking, you know, I'm going to, and you wrote down his name, Ed Crawley. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for his salvation. I'm going to pray for his heart. I'm going to pray for his brain and for the Baptist health doctors that are going to be working on him tomorrow. And then you wrote down, so I really will. You put it in your Bible, but then you see her when you leave today, and you don't tell her that. You've robbed her of that encouragement. You let, you let folks know that I had a positive thought, encouraging thought, and I want to tell it to you. God laid on my heart to pray for your brother, and Vivian, I'm going to do it. And I want to let you know that. You're not doing it to toot your horn. You're doing it to encourage them. By us not speaking up, we're sinning and robbing them of what the Bible has told us to encourage one another daily. Because how sad would it be for someone to come to church and say, 23 people here wrote down, I'm going to pray for Ed. And they wrote down his name. But then Vivian went home and got in her car and not a single person even came up to her, said, I'm going to, I, Vivian, I'm going to be praying for your brother. And she got in her car and drove home. She lives in my neighborhood. I thought, you know, I stood in front of those folks. David, I asked for prayer. I asked for help. Spiritual help for my brother. I asked for the hand of God. I asked for my church family, my Sunday's class. And not a single person even acknowledged it. When the truth is, 23 people wrote down Ed's name. But none of them spoke up with a word of encouragement. God wants you and I. You have that encouraging, positive thought. You need to tell it to the other person. You're robbing them of a blessing if you don't. And I want to tell you, this is how the devil works. Follow me on this. I'm gonna, don't miss this. Vivian goes home. And she thinks, you know, nobody said a word to me. Next Sunday, will she wake up with a spring in her step thinking, I want to go to that loving church. I want to go to that congregation where those church members are so positive and affirming in my spiritual life. She'll be tempted to think, you know, they don't even know who I am. They don't really seem to care. They didn't take much interest in my life. And all of a sudden she stays home. And the devil will say, you know, this is how he plants sin in our life. This happens. You know, Vivian, you don't need to go to church. Those folks don't care about you. They didn't even offer a single prayer for your brother. Do y'all see it? That exactly is how the devil works. He schemes and looks for opportunities where someone is discouraged and comes along and attacks. You show me a couple 
as committing adultery, that marriage is falling apart. I'll tell you why it's falling apart. It's because they're no longer encouraging one another. They're no longer pursuing one another. They are no longer affirming one another. And the devil has brought something or someone into their life who is. The devil wants to destroy your relationships. And the way we prevent that from happening is we're putting on the full armor of God and using our words to encourage and bless others. How do you want to... You want to rebuild your family? Hebrews 3.12 Encourage one another daily. If you don't do it, who is? You can't... If, if I don't encourage Sherry, if I'm not her number one cheerleader... Some other man, there's nothing that the devil would love to bring some other man in her life all of a sudden that starts showing her that attention. That she's actually longing from her husband. Dads, if you aren't encouraging your daughters or your granddaughters, the devil will absolutely bring the wrong boy into her life that will. This morning, I want you to make a commitment the way you're going to rebuild, the way the Lord wants to rebuild your relationships in your life is using the gift of encouragement. We all need it. That's the full armor of God. We put our armor on and we speak words that are positive and building up others. Because our battle is a spiritual battle where the devil wants to destroy and plant seeds of doubt Seeds of lies into your family and your home that will just be devastating. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he's wanting you to do. And you want a fortress. You want a hedge of protection around your house, around your home, that you say, this, this home is not going to take a hit. We're going to stand firm on the Lord. We're going to be a, a home that's God-centered and a home that's affirming one another in Scripture, and in blessing one another with words of encouragement. God, I pray for your word. I pray that it seals on our hearts. Lord, give our words, our mouths, words of encouragement. Some of us here this morning, we have come here, we have come to church, and Lord, we are just in need of hope. We're in need of a kind, positive word. And Lord, we know your word offers that, but we need to hear it from someone else's lips. I pray we are a church body. I pray we are a, a church, a group of believers. That folks come in our home, in our church home, and they just feel blessed. It's positive being around. We want to create a culture of encouragement. Lord, if any of us have become cynical or negative, or we aren't showing words of affirmation or affirming other people, Lord, forgive us of that. Lord, help us use our spiritual armor to prevent 
against the attacks on our family and our marriages and our relationships against the devil. Lord, he's going to hit us and some of us all have been knocked down. And Lord, we ask that you pick us back up and put us on solid ground so we can stand. And Jesus, I pray this morning, there's anyone here, and there is, people who need you, I pray they walk forward. You call us publicly. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your word, how it pierces soul and marrow and goes down deep and changes and convicts us. God, this invitation is a public invitation that we give to you. Lord, give us the boldness to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close every single worship service here at Broadway with the time to respond to the gospel. God's calling you to respond. We respond to what Jesus is doing in your life. He is working in life for our church.